Welcome to a Veterans Podcast, powered by Wisconsin Veterans Network, the show where we hear unique, inspiring stories from veterans all over. Veterans who've transitioned, who've overcome obstacles, and even those still struggling. We will learn all veterans have a unique story, ones filled with pain and triumphs, and we will learn no veteran is alone, no matter the path they took. We share their stories to help motivate and inspire the world, to help understand what it means to be a veteran, and most of all, we share to give them a voice amongst the noise. You can find us at aveteranspodcast.com to learn more and how you can be a part of the show. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to A Veterans Podcast. I'm Kelsey. I'm Noah, and today's guest is... Uh, First Sergeant Dick Dubois. He served 20 years, um, and he's also a Purple Heart recipient, which is super cool. So we're excited to have him. Um, I met him through Wounded Warrior Project. Um, I just feel like I keep bringing all my friends on the show, but it's fun because I learn about them, you learn about them, the listeners learn about them. And his is an interesting story because he's the first one that's um, 20 years served, right? Yeah, yeah, he got retired, retired, no like... No med board. I think all the other ones are like yeah. med board, so... It'll be good. I think it'll be interesting. So we'll get started here in a minute. Um, Today's show is sponsored by Wisconsin Veterans Network, an established Wisconsin nonprofit ran by veterans for veterans. Their mission is to provide guidance, support for all veterans, whether guard, reserve, active, or even a bad discharge, looking for any kind of assistance in the state of Wisconsin. If you're a Wisconsin veteran looking for an answer, whether a simple question about benefits or are currently homeless, give them a call today. You can find more information about them at wisvetsnet.org or at a veterans podcast. So we will go ahead and call him and get him on the phone. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. <laughs> What's going on? I'm, I'm so excited to have you. Well, you know, I mean, you should be. <laughs> oh, you're such a Marine. <laughs> so this is uh, Noah is on as well. Hello. Hey, how we doing? Welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. We're excited to have you. I have so many questions. Are you ready? No, but absolutely. Kelsey really talked you up, so you're going to have to hold your own on this one. Oh, geez. Don't let me down. I hyped you up pretty good. Some size two shoes to fill? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, we'll just jump right in and go from there. So why did you join the Marine Corps? And why, well, why did you join the military and the Marine Corps? You know, this is one of my favorite questions because it's always a, it just takes me back to the beginning of this crazy journey. Um, Pretty much all throughout high school, I was dead set against military for no known reason. My my grandfather was World War II, was in the Army. My dad uh, was in the Army, just missed Vietnam by a couple days. And I was like, I'm going to change this. I'm going to go get this college degree and make all this money. And did about a semester and a half of college. A buddy of mine uh, from high school came back from Marine Corps boot camp, was doing uh, recruiting assistance on boot leave and gave me a call. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I was like, I'm going to college and it sucks. 
(laughs) (laughs) So he, uh, he's like, Hey, carefully bring the recruiter down to the coffee to see what's going on. Sure. Why not? Well, lo and behold, eight days later, I was standing on the yellow footprint. Oh, wow. Eight days. Yep. He was a, a pretty persuasive recruiter told me exactly <laughs> what I wanted to hear. I'd say so. This got to be like the salesman of the year right there. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I guess. What year was this? But, uh, 98. Back okay. March of 98. Dang. A couple days ago. You know, I was like a baby then. That's crazy. Well, it happens. <laughs> I'm so, still shocked it was just eight days. Like, Yeah, like there was it, no delayed entry right. program type situation or anything. I like mean... When you got it, you got it, you know? You just... Jesus. <laughs> there it is. Um, so, okay, so is there any reason why you picked the Marine Corps or just because he had a good uh, spiel? Honestly, just because my buddy came yeah. home and he was like, hey, you know, it's crazy, but it was awesome. Like, I wouldn't change it for anything. And so he was the first one to hit the spiel and that was that. I just, I wanted to change. I wanted to get out of, I'm originally from Western New York, just south of Buffalo. I was just sick of snow and all that other craziness. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just timing really. That's cool. So, okay. Because you joined in 98, there has yep. to be like a big difference between serving prior to September 11th and then serving after September 11th. Um, and we don't get to talk to a lot of people about that because I think most of the people we know are like post 9-11. Yeah, most people give the reason they joined the military because of 9-11. And it's just interesting um, to do it prior to 9-11, I yeah. guess. What was the, like, what's the motive to go sit around the motor pool for, you know? <laughs> so, like, where were you at on 9-11? And as, like, a New York citizen, if that's even the right way to say it, like, what did that mean to you? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess joining prior to, um, I mean, I was, I went boot camp, you know, did all that stuff, and I, w- I went in open contract infantry. Um, so pretty much someone who doesn't know what they want to do, that's what they give you, that or chow hall, and I was glad that it wasn't chow hall. <laughs> yeah, <nobody laughs> anyway, uh, so I went, went to school of infantry training, uh, got designated as a mortarman, um, and my first duty station was probably the toughest I ever had, you know, in good old, uh, sunny, uh, Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. Oh, geez. Tough life. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, from there, you know, we just being prior to nine eleven, it was kind of a garrison because nothing had really happened since the Gulf War. So it was just a lot of training. We'd go to the field Monday morning train till Thursday, come back, clean weapons Friday, and then have like a half a day and get to go out in Waikiki. I mean, that was essentially set every week until we had a couple of deployments. We did uh, to Okinawa, Japan, just like a little UDP, we call it. And uh, from there, we got to go to a bunch of countries and just train with other branches. Um, so did that twice in... 99 into 2000 and then 2000 into 2001 for those two deployments got back july-ish of 01 um and i knew it was time for it was getting close to time for me to either re-enlist or get out or do whatever i was going to do um september 11th talking about that is 
my birthday is the seventh. So I literally just turned 22. Um, we were down to Waikiki for the weekend and stuff like that. I had a good friend uh, where we would stay at, at her place. Um, a couple of us just right there on the beach of Waikiki. And we were going out. And honestly, it was a night we were out partying. And it was probably 4.30-ish, 4-something in the morning. The bars closed at 4 in the morning in Hawaii with the time <laughs> difference. Um, well, yeah, it would have been super... Super early yeah, there. so the time the time difference, all of a sudden, my phone starts going off and all this stuff, and they're like, watch the news, watch the news, and we're like, what are you talking about? It's four in the morning. <laughs> and so we flip on the news, and sure enough, you know, we see the videos of the first tower and everything, and then uh, pretty much immediately after, we started getting phone calls like, hey, get back to base right now. Crazy. So, yeah. I'm sure that was pretty, like a culture shock being, again, Prior to 9-11, there was, like, nobody really thought there was a threat. And then, like, some crazy shit like that happens, and you're just like, uh, now I'm now I'm in it. <laughs> it and it's, I mean, honestly, it was so surreal that it really didn't hit. It was just, like, get back to base. And, like, they ensured the fact of who was coming on base at that point in time because they went straight to, you know, the highest threat con. Yeah. Got on base, and it was just, like, what just happened you know like so did they they basically like make you like pack your bags let's get ready to go and have you on standby for that not necessarily um just because i mean in the marine corps especially i mean we are you know the the nation's 911 force per se so a lot of times they have set units already set up for any type of situation like this yeah you know um obviously more for foreign although when we raise our hand it is against enemies foreign and domestic so it, just being on the homeland it definitely changes things up but yeah. um yeah there's a lot of units who are already pre-prepped and staged and ready to go pretty much at all times so it wasn't a priority it was just a fact of like we need to figure out what the heck's going on is there any more attacks like yeah all that kind of stuff Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's always interesting to hear it from that perspective. Um, so, so you did twenty years, which is pretty awesome. Um, a lot of people wish they could have done twenty, or um, you know, tried their hardest to do twenty, but weren't able. So, when did you know like it was going to be a career thing? When did you know like you were going to do twenty, and then kind of lead us into you did 20 and now you're getting ready to get out. So like I said, right around the, right after nine 11 timeframe, it was, Hey, make the decision on what you want to do in life. Uh, Cause I was coming up on my four years and I, I was like, well, this just happened. You know, this is kind of what we sign up for. I was like, what am I going to do if I go home, work at McDonald's or something <laughs> like that and go back to the, the BS cold like, no I you know I gotta see what's out there out there and then plus especially now that we're essentially at war mm-hmm. even though we weren't officially at that point um you know so I re-enlisted and they sent me to Quantico uh to be a weapons instructor on the Rangers up down there and 
you know, 2002 and then 2003 starts. And obviously, you know, we start the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, but, you know, mainly at that point in Iraq. Um, and they had wanted some uh, individual augmentees. And so I volunteered and I went over for the first time in 2003. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just, it's just crazy because I didn't get to go as an infantry Marine because I volunteered. I got stuck as an admin guy helping a a higher echelon. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great. I'm sure that sucked. (laughs) That's quite the change. So how many times did you deploy then? I did eight deployments altogether, but I did three to Iraq. Dang. Look at you. Um, So I did, you know, we had those and, uh, my second tour, uh, I got to, when I got back, I was like, I want to go back again, but I want to go as an infantry guy. Mm-hmm. So I was able to get to an infantry unit, uh, first battalion, second Marines down in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And we trained up and got ready to go. Um, and for them, it was, it was big because that battalion had went through Nazaria and, uh, one of the companies, Charlie Company had suffered, you know, 18, a loss of 18 of the Marines uh, during that battle. Damn. So um, it was a pretty nostalgic unit already just for the beginning of Iraq. Mm-hmm. So I go in 04 and my first day in country, being in country for eight hours, we get incoming mortars. And me being a mortarman, well, I got out mortared and I got hit by one of the mortar rounds. Dang. So I got to spend my first three weeks in the hospital in Baghdad. Um, they're trying to send me to Germany. And I was like, I literally just got here yesterday. Like, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but uh, so after that, I got back and I contemplated heavily getting out, going close to my eight years. Cause I was just, I was wore out. I was having a lot of mental issues and just, I was mad at the world and I just wanted to, you know, all the stuff we go through, I just wanted to go kill every, you know, insurgent possible and so on and so forth. Um, Cause we had lost a bunch of other buddies over there. So I was just in a bad place. Yeah. They hooked me up and sent me on a little, uh, a billet to kind of decompress. Got a little bit of time over there and then I was, I was back good. And so I went back, went back to the same battalion and deployed again for the third time to Iraq. And then after that, it was like, you know what? Like, it can't get much worse than that. It could, but <laughs> it really can't. Yeah, don't you so, learn, like, in the military to never say, it can't get much worse than this. It always gets worse. <laughs> well, they always say never volunteer either, and I yeah. always volunteered for everything. And it actually, thankfully, it benefited me throughout my time. Mm-hmm. But once I did that, you know, I was like, I'm in it to win it now. Cause yeah. once I got past that, that eight year point, it was just like, I'm already half, almost halfway there. Yeah, for sure. And so then it was just the fact of do what I need to do to get promoted. And, you know, got promoted and it's just coming up on the 20 year mark. I was, you know, I was in zone for Sergeant major. Um, but just, the Marine Corps had changed a lot because by that point we'd been, you know, because this was 2018 when I retired. So mm-hmm. a year or two before that, we'd, you know, 16, we'd been at war for 13 years. Yeah. So essentially I had my first four years 
and then the rest of it was just <laughs> the rest <clears throat> was just continuous. Yeah. So did you, knowing that you were like hitting your 20 year mark, did you do anything to prepare to get out of the military or were you in the mindset of, well, I'll be retired. So I'm just going to like live my best life. Yeah, did you just take taps class and then just call it a day? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so for, in, I know we try to help them with the, with the younger Marines, but I know a lot for a lot of the senior guys, they have a different type of, uh, course that you can take for for tap essentially attempt tap and it's more like an executive one of how you could transition from your role as a leader to a leader in the civilian sector oh. um so it's a little bit more in depth on being in charge of a company or managerial roles how can so they it goes do that for everybody i mean it'd be great but you know we're Thankfully, they even do it now for anything. Yeah, for sure. That's just crazy. Like, I I remember being in an interview, and the person interviewing me was like, you don't have any managerial experience. And I was like, really? I was in charge of, like, 20 people at the age of 20. Like, come on. Well, that's – and that's what's crazy because, I mean, you get, you get young Lance Corporals, you know, E3s with two years in time and grade, and they're running a squad of 13 Marines in combat operations. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they can handle running <laughs> two or three people in an office setting. Yeah. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. but it's just, I mean, coming to see the civilian sector just has absolutely no clue whatsoever. Um, the transition of like how effective we can be for a company. Yeah. That's definitely something that we've noticed, even with people that we get, um, clients that we get that come in and talk to us. We noticed that. So, okay, so you went to this, like, executive fancy people taps. Did they give you sharpened crayons there? They did, and they were delicious, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there I've, just once. I've been, just once. been waiting for it. Been waiting for it. <laughs> that just seemed like the right moment just to They got the me. unique colors, you know, Ooh, not like, just the basic colors. They like, got, like, the 64-pack. Like macaroni and cheese? Yeah, I like this. I like it. Yeah. Good style. So, okay, so you did that, and then what? Um, so I kind of had set myself up. You know, I had done some things to prepare because I didn't know what I wanted to do after. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of financially set myself up so I could just transition and kind of my plan, take at least a year mm-hmm. and do nothing. You know, just travel and just do things that uh, pretty much I was not allowed to do during my 20 years you know i had the handcuffs on me of you can do this during these times or this is how you can do it so on and so forth yeah so you so just kind of i was lived your best life yeah but then it was like i got close to that point and i was on terminal leave and i was like this is boring <laughs> like i have all this time <laughs> and it's it's very expensive on the other side because you don't have an eight or ten hour day to break up your money spending mm-hmm so I, uh, I actually bartended for about five months and then a, a job happened to land in my lap after uh, Hurricane Maria down in the, uh, the Virgin Islands in, in uh, Puerto Rico. I got a job going down to help rebuild the island. Uh, well, that's cool. So I took that and went down. But with that is going to lead me, lead me into something um, – 
a little later if you ask the question. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I can even indulge on it now. Of, Go for it. So pretty much the biggest thing is the medical aspect of transitioning um, and getting into the VA system. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't do this, to which I learned the hard way as well because I was one of those so on so-called macho Marines that, oh, I'm never going to go to medical. I'm never going to be on light duty. I, no one's ever going to see my weakness, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Well, with doing that, screwed me in the long run. How so? Um, so, like, even when I when I went to take all my stuff to, like, to send it off for medical, like, I only had even one page in my entire medical record of when I got injured in Iraq. Damn. Jeez. Like, so it took me, so I went and I filed for everything, and they set up my CMP uh, appointments mm-hmm. for, for my consultations, and I had taken this job to go to St. Croix to help with the, the hurricane stuff. Yeah. It just so happened there at the same time. I didn't want to pass up the time to go for this job, so I took the job, and I missed my appointments. I called and let them know at least, but I didn't realize how important those things are. Yeah. Just not knowing. Um, so I went and did the job for a couple of months, came back, and then I had to pretty much get back in the system. So instead of it being all said and done, you were just you know, started. You retire on April, April 1st of 18. I didn't really get things taken care of until spring of 2019. So almost a year later. Wow. Um, and thankfully, how long? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask how long it took then once you restarted this, like your CMP exams and all that, like how long did it take you to finally go through your exams and then get your rating? So thankfully, part of what I did is I did go to a bunch of medical examinations and stuff uh, about a year out from retiring. Mm Mm-hmm stuff that I had put off for so long. I'm like, all right, I have this issue. I've had this issue for 10 years. I've had this issue for, you know, all yeah. these things that I did do, which in the back end, that kind of helped me. But that was just, you know, give myself the boot to, hey, do this otherwise. So in doing those, it kind of helped me with it because they did find me a portion of my, my disability mm-hmm. just by my record book. Oh, that's good. But then a lot of the other stuff it took, I think it was July of 2019 is when I finally got my final rating. Oh, that's not too bad for so like April to July. But what helps is the fact of having a Purple Heart. You oh, do yeah. get precedence in a lot of that stuff. <laughs> that's true. Whether whether it be right or not, I mean, I mean, you know, that's not for me to decide, but yeah, it, but did, it, it definitely helped expedite a lot of my, but I also, I made, yeah, I made copies of all of my medical records and all that stuff. Like I personally sent them to where my initial, uh, the documentation was supposed to go because mm-hmm. not knowing how long it would take the, the Marine Corps or especially our Navy corpsman to actually package that, send it to where it needs to go from there to get to where it needs to be. And so I made sure I had all of that stuff on on point because I wanted to take care of myself because once I retired, it's only me who's going to do it. Yeah, for sure. So 
being that, I, I guess, would you call that like your biggest mistake you made was not taking that seriously? I guess it's just not doing enough research or finding out exactly the processes. Mm-hmm. Because I had talked to some guys who, who obviously have been dealing with the VA, mainly like a bunch of Vietnam era guys. Yeah. But they were, they were just so used and abused that a lot of them were just bitter at the system and could tell you like who to go talk to, but not how to do the processes. Yeah. So I think a lot of that would be the simple fact of like, talk to those people who have been there, mm-hmm. you know, to find some people are, right, you know, like, Hey, how did you do this? Yeah. And case in point, my dad, my dad was in a car accident and broke his back while in service. He never went to the VA once. After I retired and got my stuff, I finally convinced him to go. Yeah. He's now getting VA care for stuff from back then and now doesn't have to pay um ten thousand dollars a month for all his med meds and stuff. That's awesome. I but mean not like, awesome that he got hurt, but awesome that you helped him. But it's forty years late, like yeah. And I, I have I have a bunch of buddies and I try to tell them like they feel because they only did four years or eight years, didn't do combat, didn't do all these things. They're like, well, I don't rate it because I didn't do what you did. And I have to argue with them day in and day out. that it's like, it's not about that. You put in your time, go let the VA tell you you don't rate it. Don't you just automatically assume you don't rate it. We see a lot of the post-9-11 veterans like that. I know a lot of my younger friends um, that may have served like four years, even with a deployment, um, like they don't even bother. I know my ex-wife, she did 10 years, two deployments, and like she won't even go to the VA. She's like, there's nothing wrong with me, and like won't even bother playing with the system for whatever reason. But it's true. In the end, those things catch up with you, and then, you know, you should have been getting the benefits the whole time, not just at the end of end of life, I guess. And I mean – there's there's a couple guys that I, I mean I finally talked into going, and some of them even got a hundred percent out of it. And you're like, see, I told mean, you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're and and they're set for life. I mean, yeah. Free medical and dental for life, like that is huge, especially some of these some of these guys are in their late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. And I'm like, you have no idea what you just did for you and possibly your future family mm-hmm. by doing this. You know, so it's it's just one of those ones. I've got I've got two cousins who are in the army right now, and like they both been injured. And there's a difference between hurt and injured, but yeah. they both been injured through some things. I'm like, look, if you learn nothing from me, go to medical and get your <laughs> stuff documented. Yeah, like it, it, it said, it you put in the time. Like obviously, if you're just hurt, you know, don't be a pansy about it. <laughs> but if you're but there if you're injured. But if you're injured, go get seen. Yeah. Like it just, it, 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 there's a difference, you know? Like, so it, it's just trying to get people to, to not think they don't rate it because they didn't do something special. Like, you raised your right hand. You, you, you know, you did your time, whatever, whatever length of time it was. Less than 1% of the population can say that. Yeah. Let the VA tell you you don't rate something because you may be surprised and, whether you think you rate it or not, I mean, and you're not taking money from other people. Mm-hmm. It's not how it works. Yeah. Like it's the money's there. And if it doesn't, it goes back into the system and it's, it's lost, you know, and it's, it's just, it's, 
it's disheartening to see a lot of our young veterans, especially those who did do a bunch of combat tours and whatnot, not want to go and deal with the VA because does the VA have issues? Absolutely. Absolutely they do. But are they working on it? And are they much better than what they were back in the Vietnam or previous era? 100%. Yeah. So. So, okay. So I think that's all really great. I, I think that's important for people to hear. I think that other people have different VA experiences. It sounds like, for the most part, yours has been positive, which is outstanding. Um, well, I think I think it's beneficial. Like a lot of the people we've interviewed are not twenty-year veterans, but um, from a senior level, coming from you, I think it's a very beneficial thing for some of these guys to hear. Obviously, you were in a great uh, leadership position, so um, it may just help, even if it helps one person to hear that. Yeah, you know, for sure. That's a lot. It's like that, like you were like the dad. Right. <laughs> well, it, it, so I didn't have all the great things at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you can you can go to the VA and you can process your claim up to 180 days prior to retiring. I did that. So I went there the first time. They're like, you can't do anything. You're still active duty. I'm like, yes, I can. Read the manual. It states <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And they, they wouldn't help me because they said they couldn't do it. So I went back a second time. Different person, same result. I went back a third time. Third different person, same result. At this point, most people would give up and not go anymore. Yeah. But again, that's where it comes into is I am my own person and I'm the only person that's going to fight for it for myself. Yeah. So I went a fourth time. And I may have had a little attitude each one of these times, getting more and more. No, but not you. What? So I finally get, <laughs> I get there, and thankfully this day there was a manager there. They had come in for whatever reason, and he's like, "Oh, you could have done this a long time ago." And I was like, "Well, you need to yada yada yada." Did you get real your first people, sergeant on him? Like, well, hand there or may anything? there may have been a knife hand or about 20 F-bombs and <laughs> a myriad of other words that everybody in that entire place could hear. But needless to say, it's staying positive about it because, again, no one else is going to help you with it. And if, unfortunately, it's talking to the right person. Yeah. So I mean, I, even... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was say, even the simple fact of I just transitioned moved to South Carolina to go to, I'm using my GI Bill to go to college. Trying to transfer my benefits over to the new area, called someone, they're like, I'm going to send you paperwork, you need to fill this paperwork out to transfer systems. Waited a week, never got anything. Called back, got a different lady. She's like, oh, I can do that right here. Click, 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 what's this, what's that? Click, click, click. All right, you're good, you're transferred. It's like, ah, <laughs> uh, here we go again. Yeah. So what resources have you used um, that you found especially helpful during your transition or after your transition that you want other people to look into um, that they may not know about them? So obviously, if you were wounded at any point in time, one that definitely helps me uh, is the Wounded Warrior Project, for sure. I mean, 
We like that. The amount of, <laughs> well, yeah, and the amount of stuff that they do, I mean, even still, like, I get, they reach out to me all the time, but it's like, they were helping me because I didn't know what I wanted to do before enrolling in school here. They were going to help me write a official resume transforming all of my military skill set into civilian terminology to be able to showcase hey, these are the things that I can do because a lot of times we don't know how to write the simple fact of hey, I was a I was a mortarman or I was a, a marksmanship instructor for a rifle pistol or I was this, 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 this. How does that relate in civilian terminology so they know, hey, this person's a, on point. Like, I want them on my team. Yeah. You know? And, and just some of the other, like, the things they have for families and this, that's just one aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of it, I've just, I'm a very big advocate for myself as I have to be. Um, I just, I mean, Googling things of what are you passionate about and where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these different sites have things specifically to what you're looking for. And they can reach out to you. Like, obviously, mine are more towards the wounded side just because that's where I go because it's benefited me. Mm-hmm. So I haven't done a lot of research on the other side, but your local VFW or your local American Legion, mm-hmm. there's so much knowledge in there with the, the, the older generation. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and if nothing else, it's just a place to talk to people. Yeah. I am not a big component of talking about a lot of my stuff to anyone, mm-hmm. but even just hearing their stories, put you at ease of you know you're not the only one going through stuff yeah and i think you know you're the what fourth episode we've had Four, no, fifth? fourth 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 veteran yeah fourth veteran um and every single person has said the same thing like it's important for veterans to realize they aren't alone in this journey wherever they are in the journey you know and so i think that's um you're the first person to mention the VFW and the Legion and finding people to talk to. And so that's a, a, a really good place for some people to start. I mean. Well, mostly younger veterans, again. Yeah. <laughs> the post-9-11, they shy away from the Legion and the VFW, maybe the intimidation of the older veterans. But um, looking at it in the perspective of um, the knowledge that is there and what you can learn from those older veterans um, is pretty resourceful. So... All right, this is your your chance. If you could g- impart some first sergeant wisdom on all the all the troops, what is the best advice you can give to anybody getting out of the military, um, or those that are serving that are like on the fence about getting out? What's what's some good advice? Honestly, I would. I mean. If you're on the fence of, of getting out or staying in, you just have to take a, a deep, hard look as to if you do get out, what are you going to do? Back like we're at my situation. Was I going to go back home to the same thing I wanted to leave from, you know, four years or even earlier? What am I going to go back and do? Am I going to go back and just get into this crazy routine of it's probably full of drugs and just the same monotony or 
put yourself out there and try to do something different. Try to go overseas. Try to do this. That you, you never know. There's so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I know right now is a very tough time. I mean, I can only imagine. And I've talked to a few of my boys who are all sergeants majors and you know senior first rounds and whatnot right now that are just dealing with this COVID craziness. Yeah. And being in in the core right now is is just. <laughs> I'm glad I'm on the other side. Yeah. But I mean, it's just just dig down deep like what do you really want to do Mm -hmm. i mean and if you're at the point where you're eight years i mean two more years you're over you're halfway Mm -hmm. i'm i mean i was so good at my job i'm they're paying me for life you know i mean (laughs) it's just just, just how cool it is yeah no but and if and the other part i forget the other part of the question oh what what advice would you give to people who are out who may be struggling with the VA like you did or may um, just, just not know what they want in life or what, you know, what their path is, what kind of advice would you give them? So I guess what some of that, I mean, don't, as discouraging as the VA is, don't get as discouraged because nobody else is going to do it for you. It is on you. But there are a lot of people like myself and your other brothers and sisters out there who will help you if you ask the question. Mm-hmm. And I know, especially as guys, the hardest thing to do is to ask the question. Yeah, I get it because I'm in that same boat. So I was the one where like I did ask some people and it didn't help out. So I just did the research myself. Mm-hmm. I would not take no for an answer because ultimately it all comes down to this is me. And I'm the only one going to advocate for me. And if I don't do it, then I'm not going to get anything out of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just look into if, if you haven't used your GI Bill yet, you know, you have a, essentially, I think, 10 years to use it. Figure out something you want to do. It doesn't have to be your forever job, but don't let the GI Bill go to waste just because you're not sure. You know, you can always change inside of that. And they have also voc rehab as well, which if there's something you want to do, they'll actually even help you get a job with it. Because mm-hmm. I'm actually in the process of transferring my GI Bill to voc rehab so I can kind of almost guarantee getting a job in the business when I get done. I mean, I'm going to college for golf. <laughs> Kel- I was waiting for you All to right. say something. All right. I didn't want to bring Ke- it up. Kelsey but- <laughs> told me this yesterday. Like, I'm kind of impressed because I didn't, I didn't know that was an option. Or I probably would have wasted my GI Bill on it. (laughs) Until COVID happened, I never knew it was an option. But I just went through literally alphabetically seeing what schools were out there, what are options, and and I got to G and it said golf. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. What? (laughs) And so I started doing research and I found this this, this professional golf career college. It's an accredited college. And essentially, I'm going to, after 16 months, I'm going to come out with an associate's in golf management. So essentially I can go be a golf pro or an instructor or something at a golf course and make money playing golf or teaching golf. That's awesome. It's, I mean, it's been kind of painstaking right now because we're doing it all online just due to COVID restrictions. Yeah. But I mean, do you like, because it's online, do you like turn on your camera and practice your swing in front of the class? Like what? (laughs) How do you do that? Not necessarily that, (laughs) but we, we do get free golf though. So that's the legit part of it is, you know, yeah. so I mean, awesome. there's just, 
with with that, look into it. I mean, there is so much stuff out there. I mean, it goes back to the old thing the Marines always say, underwater basket weaving. You never know. I mean, <laughs> look, if you would have told me you were doing that, it would fit you so much. Like, that would be the perfect thing for you. But I guess golf is second best. Well, yeah, I mean. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all your wisdom. We appreciate it. And I think um, with all that you have to offer as far as like your years of service and what you've experienced and stuff, I think um, this is really important for people to hear. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. And one last thing, like look, medical is important. Do your medical stuff. Um, don't get so discouraged with the VA because they are uh, a, it's an entity that just needs to be worked on. They are trying to work on it because I have seen improvements in just the two years I've been dealing with them. Um, and just you have brothers and sisters everywhere never be afraid to reach out because we are everywhere mm -hmm. the the local gym that I signed up at here <laughs> such a small world it is it's owned by one of my marines from 12 years ago oh how funny he was one of my marines and, yeah like he owns the gym here and it's like it's just stuff like that that's just did you guys like me. did you guys like bark at each other when you saw each other well, he kind of had a, a face because I was a gunny back then. Oh, he was a, a, a little Lance football. So he kind of was like, oh, man. He was like, why are you here? Yeah, not again. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I, I just kind of like snapped and pointed my finger and he came running, you know. No, not really. But <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. And we appreciate it. And we hope you have a good day at golf school. Right. Hey, I appreciate it. And actually, school starts in about 45 minutes. So. I appreciate it. Y'all have a blessed one as well. You All too. Right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. No, I think that um, I think that went really good. Yeah. Um, it's nice to finally have somebody who did 20 years and not uh, medically retired and get the perspective of finishing the 20 years in the process after 20 years because that's a whole different um, animal. Like, yeah. But just a different world. So. I think that was really great and some really inspirational things for a lot of uh, younger veterans and those looking to get out now. So, For sure. Good to go. Yeah. Thank you for listening to a Veterans Podcast today. To learn more about us, to hear previous episodes, or if you are interested in being on the show, you can find us at aveteranspodcast.com. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Wisconsin Veterans Network, a Wisconsin nonprofit operated by veterans and serving veterans in need. Till next time. And we are also on Instagram oh, at yes. a Veterans Podcast. We are on Instagram. Um, but go to a veteranspodcast.com and check it out. We'll see you next time.